Welcome to Chapter One with Houston Public Library, where we give you just enough story to get you hooked. Today's episode features Spirit Hunters by Ellen O., read by Kristen. This title is intended for tweens and is suitable for most audiences. Recording is made with permission of HarperCollins. Chapter One, A New Friend. Day One, Monday Morning. Harper, come quick! Harper Rain looked up from unpacking her books to see her four-year-old brother, Michael, in her doorway. He could hardly stand still, hopping on one leg and then the other. She wiped the sweat beating on her forehead and fanned herself with a book she was holding. Little dude, the bathroom's across the hall, Harper said, turning back to fill her bookshelves. I don't have to pee. I just want you to come to my room. Hurry up, Michael said. He ran in and grabbed her by the hand, trying to pull her onto her feet. Deliberately making herself heavy, Harper slumped down and placed a little of her weight on his shoulders. Ugh, all this unpacking and moving is exhausting, she said. Maybe you should carry me on your back. Okay, Harper, I'll help you, he said, his little feet sliding around on the wooden floors. With a loud grunt, her brother pulled harder, trying to move them as quickly as he could. After a long moment, Harper smothered a smile and relented. She straightened up with a big stretch. That helped a lot. Thanks, buddy. He grabbed her by the hand again. Let's go! The hallway was even hotter than her room, and Harper cursed their new but ancient house for the millionth time. There was a reason it had been abandoned for over 20 years. It was a wreck. When their parents had decided to relocate to Washington, D.C., they'd bought it because of its gothic charm. Harper still couldn't figure out the charming part. One year of renovations and the house was still not ready, but it hadn't kept their parents from moving the whole family down from New York City in the height of the summer. Michael seemed unaffected by the heat, brushing her down to the other end of the corridor. His room was the first that they'd unpacked, so there were no boxes. It was bright and airy, with three large windows that faced the front. Everything had been neatly organized and arranged by their mother and father. Harper was bummed that 12 was deemed old enough to unpack her own room. The only thing worse than unpacking was packing in the first place. As she stepped in, she couldn't help but notice how much cooler his room was. Puzzled, she sat on the edge of his bed, discomfited by the unnatural chill. What are you so excited about? She asked, ignoring the creepy crawly sensation that sent a shiver down her back. My new friend, Billy, he said pointing to the corner where his large toy chest sat. Harper gazed at the corner, and the hairs on the back of her neck began bristling. There was a sudden distortion in the air, and her vision blurred. And then nothing. She gave her brother a quizzical look. You can't see him? Michael looked crushed. He turned and stared at the toy chest again, and then nodded. Billy said you have to be special to see him. I guess you're not special, he said sadly. His words triggered a sudden memory. Harper was five years old, trying to introduce her best friend to her older sister, Kelly. I'm telling mom that you're making stuff up. I'm not, she's right there, why won't you believe me? There was a loud humming in her ears and she could feel the beginning of a migraine throbbing in her right temple. She took a deep breath and focused on her brother. But before she could speak, there was a knock at the door and their mother, Yuna, appeared. Michael, you can't leave your toys out in the hallway, she said. Somebody could trip and hurt themselves on them. In her hands, she held a beat-up old-fashioned red fire truck. 
It was completely made of metal and looked like an antique. The paint was a dull red, chipped and faded. On the side of the long wagon, it said, City Fire Department, in gold paint. There were two ladders on either side of the truck, with a pulley and a crank to hoist them up, and a little brass bell hanging from the front of its engine. But that's not my... Michael stopped short. Oh, that's Billy's! Who's Billy? He's my best friend, Michael said. He lives in the house. As a look of puzzled alarm spread over their mother's pretty face, Harper jumped to her feet with an overly loud laugh. <laughs> we were just playing a game, Harper said. You know, making up stories about people who lived here before. Right, Michael? Harper turned her back to her mother quickly as she faced Michael. She pressed her finger to her lips, her eyes growing big as she gestured for him to be quiet. Michael laughed. <laughs> Harper, you're so funny. Harper grabbed her little brother and swung him onto his bed, tickling him into a fit of giggles. She stole a glance at her mother, noting that her expression had relaxed a little. All right, next time be more careful, Una said. She placed the truck on the nightstand and walked out. Harper heaved a sigh of relief and collapsed on the bed. Michael climbed on top of her and sat on her stomach. Why didn't you want me to tell mommy about Billy? He asked. A rising nervousness made Harper's stomach clench as she pictured her mother's look of disappointment. Mom doesn't like things she doesn't understand, she said. Because she can't see him either? Yeah, Harper said. From the corner of her eye, she thought she saw a movement. She looked around the room in confusion. Her head throbbed. That's okay, as long as I can see him, Michael said. He hopped off the bed. Reaching for his Lego box, Michael dumped all the contents onto his carpet and sat down. Come on, Billy, let's play! Harper was walking over to the door when Michael stopped her. Hey, Harper, wait! Billy said don't go up into the attic. Why? Michael shrugged. He just doesn't want anyone up there. Well, I don't think Mom and Dad plan on touching the attic for a while, Harper said. They're focused on fixing the central air conditioning and everything else that's wrong with this stupid house. The spotty air conditioning was their first priority. They'd only been in Washington, D.C. for two days and were already suffering from the heat and humidity. Yet Harper found it odd that the old house was strangely cold in certain spots. Like Michael's room. Michael stopped playing with his Lego toys and looked up at Harper with a serious expression. Billy doesn't like it when you call his house stupid, he said. Well, it's not his house. It's our house, she retorted. No, Harper, this is Billy's house. He's one of the people who lived here before us. The cold in the room deepened, causing goosebumps to spread all over her arms and back. Harper fumbled for the doorknob. She was desperate to get away. Back in her room... Harper felt warm and clammy, as if she was running a fever. She welcomed the heat that she'd been cursing only a few minutes earlier. At least it was normal. Her head still pounded, and she knew if she didn't take something, the migraine would overwhelm her. She rifled through her bag and pulled out the little pillbox that her mom refilled every day. All other medicines in the house were kept locked in the medicine cabinet. After swallowing some ibuprofen, Harper continued unpacking. While sorting her books onto her shelves, she came upon a small photo album. Her mother had given it to her as a memory book when they were packing to leave New York. Harper had barely glanced through it before, but now she sat down on her unmade bed and flipped it open. Each photo was methodically labeled with the date and Harper's age. 
It was typical of her mother, who was a corporate lawyer and notorious for her meticulousness. There were a few baby pictures, which Harper paged through. She smiled at seeing her two-year-old self eating spaghetti for the first time, and a photo of her at four underneath the T-Rex exhibit at the Museum of Natural History. She was making a scary face at Kelly, her older sister, who stood there looking bored. Seeing those early pictures again, she felt like she was looking at a finished jigsaw puzzle that had one obvious missing piece. No matter how you stared at it, you couldn't help but be aware of the gaping hole in the middle. The trouble was, Harper couldn't put her finger on what the missing piece was. And that wasn't all. Nothing had been the same since the accident. She just didn't feel like herself anymore. Harper turned the pages, trying to ignore her aching head. The more she thought about her missing memories, the worse she felt. All she knew were facts, the ones her parents relayed to her. Last fall, there was a fire at school. She was hospitalized, and she had a terrible accident. But she had no recollection of what had happened to her. In her photo book, she found a picture of herself lying in a hospital bed with two arm casts. Kelly was holding a cake in front of her, which Michael was trying to eat with his entire face. It was her 12th birthday, Halloween. In the picture, she was smiling, but her eyes looked haunted. Harper absently rubbed both her forearms. The cast had been removed six months ago, and the doctor had warned her of phantom pains in her injured areas. But she didn't have pain as much as the odd sensation that her casts were still on her arms. Two badly fractured arms, a broken collarbone, several broken ribs, and no memory. Whatever had happened, Harper figured it must have been so bad that her mind had repressed the memories. Did she really want to remember them now? Wondering what happens next? Check out Spirit Hunters by Ellen O. Available in multiple formats at www.houstonlibrary.org. Thank you.